and just keep 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 paddling just don't stop paddling keep and if you get tired and you stop paddling tag the person next to you and say can you paddle with me and for me for a little bit i'm tired don't there's no shame in that i do it all the time and it's great so that's a little bit about kind of how i approach and how i think about things i, I want to talk about that and like at what point you realize that and how it has changed your business by empowering your team. Because I will just say you champion and empower your team better than anyone I have seen in all of my years in the industry. And it is just something to be admirable. And it's one of the things that I respect most about you. All right, today's episode is going to be a little strange. That's right, I am the guest on my own episode. So I've invited one of my now good friends, one of our board of expert members and a marketing extraordinaire. She's come on and she's going to interview me. I have no idea what she's going to ask me. I've not prepped. She has given me zero clues and uh, it's going to be fully raw. And look, if you haven't noticed, I'm still trying to figure out the exact flow I love for the Onyx and Gall show. What kind of episodes I like doing the most? What kind of episodes get the best reception? And you know what? If it takes me months to figure that out, I don't mind because once I figure it out, I know how to scale things up. So while we're doing that, I thought we'd do a pilot episode. And this is all, I want to give a shout out to Liz Benny because Liz Benny recently did an interview with me. And when I was even in the middle of the interview and giving her answers, I thought, dang, like, she, she's getting information out of my head so raw, so strong. And so I wanted to turn around and see if we could create that same experience here. I'm actually going to ask Liz if maybe I can release that episode on my own podcast because it was that good. Um, but for now, we're going to get me interviewed. I'm going to see what the heck comes out of it. Let's see. I'm slightly nervous. So if you see me hydrating, it's because I got no idea what I'm about to be asked on my own podcast. So help me welcome to the proverbial podcast stage, Miss Cassie Brown. Cassie, what is going on. Good morning. And thank you so much, Onik, for, for inviting me to be part of this um, ever expanding experiment. And um, I think it was interesting that you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to hydrate. And that's the classic, like, that's a good question. Let me give myself a few extra seconds to think about how I'm going to position this answer. <laughs> so I don't want to give away all of your secrets, but I know we're going to be digging in. And I would be remiss if I didn't lead this episode with just saying what an honor it's been to watch you evolve and be committed to that adaptation of always being better, always figuring out a different angle, always figuring out how to bridge the gap into where you are and to where you want to go. And I think that's one of my favorite things about your personality. And so that's kind of where I want to start with this interview is like, you don't get to where you are at in life and business without figuring out how to be adaptable and resourceful. So what were some of those points in your life where it's like, wow, you know, sometimes life serves us up these experiences where it hurts so much, you will not forget that lesson. So what is it that sort of opened this door of opportunity for you to lean into adaptability? Right. So it's um, a great question. And thank you for the kind words you said before that. Um, adaptability is like a, it's like a blessing and a curse. I'm going to be honest with you. So the more adaptable you are, you, you're, it's, you're a survivor, right? Survivors are adaptable. Like they just adapt to their situations. They, and and it's, at some points it's just like you get tired, right? I get it. People that are very good at surviving sometimes are just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. So adapting I think ever since I was a kid, I just 
I just have had to adapt, right? From something as little as when I was in third grade, I loved my life in India. We were, I was born here and then we moved to India and then I came back to the US. And there are certain things happened in India that led to us having to kind of run and flee and we came to America because we were living in an area there's a lot of terrorism. And so I, that was not a change I wanted to make. I was kicking and screaming and fighting over that. I loved my life where we were doing in India. And then all of a sudden, within a week, my parents didn't even tell me. Actually, I didn't even know we're moving to America until I saw the car go towards the airport. And I was like, what's going on? And they finally confessed to me that we're moving to America. So like, you know, coming into this country, <clears throat> I had to get into ESOL class. And anyone who doesn't know what that, I don't know what it stands for. It's basically when you move into US or you don't know English well, they put you into this like special class. You get made fun of. I think uh, that was third grade, that was uh, third grade. So I think from third grade and on, I just realized, you know, I moved into a neighborhood that was kind of rough, not like, wasn't like Southeast DC rough, but it was like kind of rough. And I just, I was that odd kid, right? And I had to kind of survive in that situation. And then growing up, I just constantly had challenges. I had a huge health challenge as early as in high school, almost like died in college. Um, and when I had my health issues in high school, it, it made me not go to school for a long time. I had to get homeschooled for a period of time. So then you have to go to school and you, you know, you get made fun of and talked about. And I think somewhere along the lines there, I decided that I'm just the way it, it's like that old thing they say, right? Like the way to take the power away from a bully is to just not pay them any attention. Don't give them the satisfaction. So I think for me, that's adapting. So every time I was thrown a challenge in my mind, it was like, I can either a go into a pity party, right? And just quit or B become a victim and make a lot of noise about how unfair the current situation that's happening to me or C completely ignore it and just go above and beyond it. Right. They say like, what's the best way to, you know, quiet down your, the people that are against you is to just have so much success that they get drowned out. And so I, I think th those three options, we face them all the time in our life. Um, and so there's always something happening to us, at us, for us, against us. And the three options are literally the only three options. You, you either quit, you complain, or you ignore. And, and so I think for me, that's adapting, ignoring and just moving past it has been adapting. I've, I've had a illness that nearly killed me. I've been near bankruptcy twice. One was like really serious. Um, I have dealt with legal issues that have been huge. I've dealt with things that many would say, and I can say are unfair that have been catastrophic almost, but gosh, I don't have the time to sit around and complain and cry about it. So I always say, this is something that was on my mind this morning and you kind of lead into it. I talk about building within boundaries. And so to me, no matter how tight you make my boundaries, I will find a solution. I will find a way. And I actually think that's a really powerful message for anyone who's building a business to think about. When we're building a business, our boundaries are so wide. We're willing to do anything and everything and whatever and however and whenever and with whoever. And actually that sucks. And that's probably a big reason why people fail. But as you get older and as life beats you up, as, as you mature as an entrepreneur, you start to tighten those boundaries, whether it be through experiences, whether it be um, through choices, whether it be through legal things, but your boundaries get to a point and I'm loving it. It makes it harder to find solutions, but the solutions you find are more and more and more in alignment with who you want to be and who you are. 
And that's the season I'm living in right now, Cassie. I'm living in a season where I have tightened those boundaries to a level that is so tight, most people would call me crazy, but every solution I'm finding is so awesome because it's like nourishing me towards like the place I wanna go. So that's adapting, right? So adapting is picking one of those three, you know, quit, complain, or um, ignore, and then tightening those boundaries uh, letting the environment, whatever's happening to you, just let it happen. You function within those boundaries and you find a way to get out of it. And so that's been my mentality. I have a mentality of ownership. I believe I own and have responsibility over every part of my life. Um, I never ever feel like I am not in control. And so I think that's, that's where my adapt adaptation comes from. Yeah, I would say I definitely see those patterns of where you are right now with um, especially your most recent posts, you know, delete, delete one of your projects, you know, it's almost like you're creating that evolution of adaptation. So that leads me to the next question of, you know, over the years, you realize that the way that you publish the way that you interact in the organic social media world, right, we don't really have a choice we need to figure out where we're going to insert and rise above the noise. So my next question is the fighting entrepreneur. Where were you? Like, let's talk about the two Onyx because that Onyx who started that podcast and the one who's sitting here today has adapted, has created those boundaries. So what does that evolution look like into where you were at in that mind space of that stage of growing your business and where you're going. Yeah. Um, awesome question. So the fighting entrepreneur was born from a lot of different thought patterns, many of which have changed now as I mature and as I just learned. And I think that a lot of people are not willing to agree. Not a lot of people will not um, acknowledge that, Hey, I'm growing. Hey, my thought processes are changing. Hey, you know what? I was wrong to think the way I did five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, I'm in college. The idea of someone taking a job just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I literally, it was like, if someone came to you right now, Cassie, and said two plus two is five, and they said it with a great resolve, and you'd be like, really? But, but no, but it isn't, but I don't get it, right? So that was me in college where I'm being told, I'm getting all these amazing job offers, and I'm being told, take them, oh my God, you're getting like a dream job, and I'm like, really? Oh, it doesn't feel like it. It feels kind of like a trap, right? So I came out of this thing, guns blazing, thinking and saying everybody in the world should be an entrepreneur. All right. So that word entrepreneur was like a big part of my identity and a big part of what I want, my mission in the world. Then you look at the fact that since I was a kid, I've had to fight for everything I've got. Now, I'm look, I have amazing parents. I, I grew up in a big single family home with everything I ever wanted with food on the table. So I didn't I didn't have those struggles, but I did have other struggles when it comes to my health and when it comes to the types of things I wanted to do in my life that not being natural for someone in my family. So I just I found that I'm a fighter. And that was another word that I really identified with. I, I fight, you know, I. Um, and so the fighting entrepreneur had a great, great ring to it and I liked it and I still do, but, you know, and God have to say, this has to do with my daughter being born. So I'm, I'm holding my little precious girl. This is, she's just over a year now. And I, everyone always says it, oh, you're going to have kids. It's going to change your life. I'm like, ah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, guys, if you don't have kids, it's going to change your life. <laughs> like really drastically, it changes how you look at things, think about things, changes everything. 
So now I had a very interesting period of my life. A lot of interesting things happened in the same time frame. Um, I don't talk a lot about it publicly. I will in the near future. Um, I'll come out and talk a lot about what happened, but it was like one whammy after another. I mean, between big things happening at the company, we went from a high to a total low, to then I have my daughters born, um, and I wanna spend all this time with her to the point where I actually also reached major burnout last year, and then something happened, something big happens, it's legal issues, and so we had to deal with that. But I was already dealing with the burnout and everything, and I just, just you know what, Cassie, once you've made a, a certain amount of money, it's just like, it stops mattering to you. And that amount, by the way, everyone, is not that much. I mean, it's not like, oh, I, you once you've made hundreds of millions. No, it's really not that much. There's, there's a point at which you're like, gosh, I love my life. I don't need more money. So I had all these like personal, just these things going on in my head last year. Um, and one of the things I realized after having taught God knows how many hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs worldwide, spoken on stages, written books that I've sold, you know, just talked to people, hand, shook hands, and, and I came to a really hard realization, which rocked my identity. And that was, not everybody should be an entrepreneur. Heck, most people should not be an entrepreneur. It's a horrible thing for them to do. And I thought, uh, wow, uh, that's kind of my word. It's kind of like in the encyclopedia, if you look up entrepreneur, there should be a picture of Onik in it. And I was okay with it though. I thought, well, that's all right. You know, I, I spent, I gave it a good go 20 years trying to make that dream come true. And, and I made a great realization. Now I get to serve, I get to keep serving, right? I, and I can retract that message and actually talk about why I'm retracting it. And then the word fighting. And it's all of a sudden you hold a little baby girl in your arm and you're just like, I don't really want to fight anymore. Like, you know, it's crazy. The things we say and do in our lives, we attract that. So I'm called a fighting entrepreneur. That's why I'm constantly having to fight. Like I'm constantly having all these issues and challenges. And it's like, I don't really know if life should be about that. You know, I was sitting down, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a young entrepreneur. He came to my, he actually lives near my house and, and he came to see me. This is during the pandemic. He actually came into my house. We sat down. I felt like an old wise man. And he's asking me some questions. And the first thing I looked at him, he's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. He's like 23 years old. And I looked at him and said, can you not do any of that? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, man, you're not going to get these years back. You've got a lot of money. Go travel. Go. You just told me you haven't been able to play basketball with your friends for the last three weeks because you've been so busy. Go play basketball with your friends, bro. Like, stop all of this. And actually, my talk with him had such an impact. The guy literally quit 70% of the things he's doing. He, like, he, he literally hit the road. He left. I felt bad. I'm like, oh, my God, did I just break him? But he messaged me a few weeks ago, just, just a few weeks ago, and he was like, thank you so much for the best advice you've ever given me. He's like, I'm making way less money that I have never been this excited and happy with life. And that is where it's like he was fighting every day, and he just stopped fighting, and, and now he's just loving life and loving it. So not... The, the word fighting for me, I don't want to completely give up on it, guys. Because even right now, as I, I'm in the fight for my life right now. Right? I'm not a quitter, so I'm not. But I'm just saying there's a different way. You can, you can position it differently. You, can, you don't have to be a fight. It can, be, it, it can just be you pivoting to a new opportunity or you opening your horizons to something new. Like, just look at it a little bit differently. So I just decided it was time to, time to, time to put those two words uh, away.
they weren't going to be part of my identity anymore. And the two words that I wanted to bring into the identity were experts and scale. Those are two things I love doing. Those are two people I love talking to. And that's where you're seeing this. I'm just becoming so obsessed now with building that community of experts that want to scale. <laughs> and that's it. And I'm going to devote a long time to it. And I've told people in recent times, Cassie, I haven't talked about this a lot, but I've like, I said, watch the first 20 years of my life. I was just figuring things out. I don't have anyone to teach me business. I had to figure all these lessons out on my own. The next 20 of my years of my life, you're going to see me march towards my billion dollar net worth. And I'm going to do it with the experts. That's the market I'm going to do it in because that's the market I love. I know I cherish and I'm going to build such a strong relationship in that market with everybody. And I'm going to serve that market so deeply that it'll happen on its own. And I'm only six months into it and we've already seen such tidal waves. So identity changed. The fighting entrepreneur now has become Onyx and Gall and I'm just different. I show up different. I behave different. I talk different. Um, and I love it. And I go home every day at 515 to be with my little girl. And I'm not, I mean, she fights with me, which is fun. Um, but I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm not fighting the world anymore. Right. I don't get upset. I don't carry grudges. I just don't have the time or energy for it. I'd rather just be happy and go do what I love to do. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. You said two words that really stuck out um, to me and we're sort of going to sandwich them in the next question of uh, the next series. So you mentioned burnout, but you also mentioned serving, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I respect most about you, not only is what you touched on is your full ownership of where you've been and where you're going, but also the transparency and how you share that journey. And I don't know. I mean, I don't really speak in absolute terms, but I feel like anyone listening to this can immediately identify with burnout and also the commitment to serving. So keeping those two in mind, there's a danger if you take serving too far that contributes to burnout, but your vision also continually expands based on what you're committed to taking ownership and seeing it through. And one of those things is expanding your market internationally, right? So yeah. what does the future of that look like? How are you managing that delicate balance? Not only day by day, but you're literally looking at decades in the future. Yeah. So lots of great questions here. So let's talk about burnout. Cause it's, it's something I've dealt with a lot. Um, I get asked this a lot in the Expert Summit Facebook group and in other places. I'll get asked all the time. People are like, how the heck are you? Are you the one posting? Are you the one responding to these comments? Like, have you outsourced it? Are you the one messaging? Like, if you're ever coming to the Expert Summit, the live event we do here, which is free, you're gonna get a text from me. Like, that's me. That's not my assistant. That's me texting you. I'll tell you guys a little secret. To text a hundred plus people that you're excited to see them, it takes like an hour. It, two, okay, here's where burnout comes from. All right, I'm gonna play this out. I'm gonna act this out. So here's burnout, okay? Um, oh, I got so much going on. Um, all right, I gotta text 120 people, okay? All right, here's what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna move this here, I'm gonna move this here, then I'm gonna ask for this, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna text 10 people a day. And over the next 12 days, I'll get to 120. I just gotta, okay, I gotta put a task here so I remember per day to text people. Um, and you're just creating all this baggage in your head, all this luggage that you got to lug around. You know, um, I use this analogy a lot because I used to travel to India all the time. I used to go six to seven times a year. I had an office there 
And I was the only person on the entire plane that had a backpack. I would go to India with a backpack, no checked in luggage, no nothing. Now, why? I had an apartment there and I had all my clothes and everything. I bought two of everything. I put it there. When I was doing that, people thought, what are you doing? Like, why are you buying two of everything? This is ridiculous. I said, because I don't, I don't want all this luggage and baggage on me. Like literally every 30 days, I'm going back and forth. I don't have time for this. So in our lives, we create, whenever we have tasks and things to do, we create luggage. All right. We take one simple task and we turn it into an ordeal. And I watch even people in my team do this all the time versus here's how I do it. First of all, I'm genuinely from the heart excited to message people. Like these are the people that I want to build a relationship with. These are, these are the people that I want in my tribe. These are the people that are going to help me get to a billion dollar valuation one day. So holy crap, I'm excited to send them a quick text to say, I'm excited to see you. And guess what? It doesn't take much work. I'm watching TV. I'm watching a podcast. I love to do it. 8 at night. I've put the baby to bed. That's usually the hour. Both my wife and I are like, Hey, we go to the different sides. <laughs> you know, we need our own time to recharge. Um, I'm watching TV. Boop, 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 boop. I'm done. So it never became a thing to burden me down. There's so many things in our lives that you're currently doing, guys, that you're allowing them to burden you down and they just don't need to. They're quick, they're simple. Oh, I gotta remember, I gotta send Cassie an email about the bubble. Just send the damn email. Just send it right now. Take a second and just send the email and you don't have to think about it anymore, right? Um, the other thing about burnout <clears throat> for me personally, I, I'm gonna make a pretty far reaching statement I'm going to say it. I don't think I've ever in my life of 20 years of working my ass off. I mean, to the point of, to the detriment of my health, you know, people say, Hey, would you go back and do it again? No, I wouldn't. Um, I would change how I work. I don't regret it by any means, but I would change how I work. Um, I stopped that one young entrepreneur from doing it. I will stop others. But in, in that time and in that hustle and in that Cassie, I never once burned out doing shit. I love. Never. Whenever there was burnout in my life, it was because I was doing things I didn't love. Last year when I burned out, it was because I was tired of serving the particular market I was serving. No disrespect to them. I love them all to death, but I had been doing it for 20 years. I wanted more. I have all this experience and knowledge. Cassie, when, when you and Rhonda have had a challenge and we get on the phone, I'm able to solve it like this, but man, I wanted to tap into that hemisphere of my brain. I wasn't getting to do it. And I was burning out because I was bored. But in the end of it, I had dissatisfaction with my day-to-day -day activities, with my day-to-day -day calls. And you know what? Today, for example, Cassie, I got to wake up. I never, Cassie, I don't show up to do an interview at 10 a.m. This is ridiculous. That's why I need to hydrate. I'm not ready for the day yet. Speaking of which. <clears throat> but this is a pilot episode for a podcast that means the world to me, that I'm still trying to figure out how my voice is to the world for this podcast. So this is an experiment. I'm excited about it. So you're not, I'm not burned out. I'm not exhausted. I'm energized. After this, I have a one hour video shoot where I'm going to shoot videos in Hindi for the India expansion, the international expansion. I'm jazzed about that. After that, I'm filming a webinar to serve a part of our community for a project that really is going to help us. <clears throat> I'm not like jazzed about that but I'm not down about it either. But if I had to do that webinar three times a week, I'm a burnout. I promise. So if you're burned out right now, I want to challenge you to ask, do you love what you're doing? Because serving won't burn you out. 
Serving won't burn you out. So for me, people like right now, I don't think there's a single member inside the board of experts that doesn't hear back from me within maybe a six hour window. I mean that. Hell, I respond to people at 3 a.m. when I get up because I got to go pee and I see a message. And I've done that before. Like Zion was in a different part of the world messaging me at three in the morning and I got up at four to feed the baby. I fed her. I saw his message and I messaged him back and he had a, we had an issue. By, by 5.30, I'm on the phone with him. I just forewent sleep for the rest of that sleep. That, and by the way, during vacation. I was on vacation during that time. I didn't burn me out. That energized me. I was, I was excited by it. So burnout, everybody, I'm telling you 95, 99% of the, if you're burned out, it's because you're doing something you just don't love. And I want to awaken you to the fact that life is full of choices and you have a choice right now. Whether you think you do or not, you have a choice right now. So Cassie, you said I made a post about deleting. It's really hard for me to do. I could talk a big shop and talk a big game, okay? Deleting is hard. I want to do it all. I want to do everything. Lately, what I'm starting to do is ask myself a simple question. Is this project going to help me in my, in my, um, like, in my goal of building the biggest, baddest, awesomest community of experts that love and serve one another? And if the answer is no, it does not serve that community, I got to delete. I got to get out. I got to just, I got to stop. My time can't go to it. And that's hard. It's hard. Cause I have to say no to a lot of opportunities that sound fun. Um, and to your last point, you asked me about international expansion. Every entrepreneur right now sitting in America, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, you guys are so used to being serving one another. Um, days are gone. Uh, Neil Patel, uh, someone just sent me a video recently where Neil's Neil Patel's on a podcast. Um, and they asked him, what do you think is the number one opportunity for you right now as an entrepreneur? And Neil looks him dead in the eyes and says, international expansion. Um, the, the rest of the world has come to a different place. We don't know it yet, but they are spending, they are hungry. And so for me, um, I love the Western markets. Um, I pay about 50 to $70 a lead for the type of people I'm looking for in the Western market. Same lead cost me $3, $2 in the, in, in India. All right. Um, that's for my market. I'm looking for like an advanced type of market In other markets at the same lead cost. So people will be like, yeah, but it's India or it's, it's Philippines. It's Malaysia. They don't buy, um, wake up times have changed since the pandemic. Yes, they do. And even if they don't, yeah, they don't buy as much. So look, Cassie, I'll do a webinar, um, in, in us, sell a thousand dollar product, close 10%. You do the same webinar in India, you'll have to sell a $500 product, close five or 7%. So immediately people are like, see, told you, shitty market. Uh, it cost me $50, $30, $40, $20 a lead to get that American person. It cost me 50 cents to a dollar to get the person from India. The math works out with a massive differential. The volume game exists in other countries. So I'm just becoming obsessed about it. Like I want to start doing a lot of acquisitions and building up our portfolio of companies uh, in 2024. I'm probably going to focus my acquisitions purely on international companies. I'm going to acquire international businesses. Um, that's how devoted I am to international expansion now. All right. Another opportunity that you've talked about, and I don't know how much you want to share. I know it's, I know it's a future project on the horizon, but with personal media and how can we connect the dots there in the way that you're paying attention to it, but also those are high on your list of future acquisitions, correct? 100%. So I think we're, 
I have a joke with my wife that her and I are like the worst with timing. We time everything horribly. We started real estate investing right when the interest rates shot up. We start this, we start, like we just, I, I bought, I actually bought Google stock. I'm so proud of this. It's like the proudest achievement. I bought Google stock 20 cents below its peak. Like literally the worst time possible to buy that stock. It plummeted after that, I'm like down like 60%, 70% on it. I'm like, man, I timed the worst time the best possible. Like that's like, was, that's my strength. So the joke I have now is I'm looking at trends and I'm like, all right, I'm not doing that anymore. Onik now is going to start, um, you know, cause I'll tell you what, to, to be ahead of the trend, you, you've got to, you've got to have some kahunas and you've got to go all in. So I, I remember, um, ironically, the podcast All In, Chamath, there is an episode, uh, 2021, September or October, where he says, guys, uh, I'm getting all the indications from my analysts. I'm starting to feel it. I'm out. I'm going to sell all my equities, all my stock. Uh, I think the market's going to crash. Like, he has like probably hundreds of millions of dollars worth. Can you imagine the kahunas it takes to just bet on that? And he did. And he was damn smart for it because the market crashed a few months later. Um, so here are some bets that I'm making. Uh, we've got a changing world. Uh, we don't trust the media anymore. And in my opinion, rightfully so. Media sucks. Um, the manipulation the propaganda is not even hidden anymore. They don't even try to hide it. It's to your face. They just do it right to your face. And people are seeing it. People aren't stupid. The number one currency moving forward is attention. I want to explain something to people, and that is the future world wars and the future wars, they're not going to be fought the way we're thinking about war. We're in an internet world. We're in a propaganda, in a mind manipulation. There's a reason the American government is so obsessing over TikTok, which to a degree I think is stupid because that data is available no matter what. And, but it's, and they're using it against us too, by the way. It's not like the American government doesn't use American social media companies to manipulate and propagandize us. They just don't like the fact that another country could do it. So I believe media is a big opportunity right now because attention is worth a lot of money. And I think people are moving away from the big media. They don't want to watch those TV channels. I don't watch news at all. As a matter of fact, sometimes I turn the news on just so I can get a good laugh. It's become comical to me. All right. It's dumb. Um, so where do I go? I've got podcasts of people that I believe that I share values with. I like to hear their perspective and I trust them. And uh, so I think media is big. Uh, we'll be attacking it through the uh, through newsletters where I want to be able to build millions of subscribers between multiple newsletters. That'll give my ability as a CEO and owner of the company to contribute to the truth. Um, but I'm going to end up building a lot of attention. That attention is going to be worth a lot of money. So, yes, we're going to be gobbling up and buying up sites that have a lot of traffic, uh, podcasts that get a lot of attention, newsletters that are getting a lot of attention. And so you will see companies, people, humans, everyone trying to buy attention. It's getting too expensive to do it one at a time from Facebook and Google. So we'll flip over to acquiring companies. So media, I think. And so I ask everybody in your business, how are you incorporating the value of your consumer's attention? And that is why community is so important. And that's why I said my road to a billion dollar valuation as Onyx and Gall will be to build this community of experts that is just the best community of experts on the planet. Um, so I'll have their attention, their love, their trust. And that's the game now moving forward.
All right. So attention and love and trust. Uh, this is, this is where I want to go next. Um, obviously you touched on sharing values and where you get your information from and, you know, with the personal media, you know, you, you're seeing personality come into play, right. And the consistency of how you show up in every single day life. So I'd like to, if it's all right with you, like just get a little bit personal with your personal values and the way that you operate, obviously, you know, family's really, really important with the way that you mentioned your baby girl. Um, but like, how does your relationship, you know, with your wife and with your father who lives with you and things like that, I feel like, and as an outsider looking in that your values start at home and you live and eat and sleep and breathe those values right there with the people that you love. And it ripples out to the community that you're building with board of experts and, and beyond. So I'd like to kind of just give everybody a sneak peek on, you know, who is Onik as, as that person at home. Yeah. Awesome question. And uh, just quick correction. My dad doesn't live with us at all. I mean, they live about 10 minutes away. Um, they're over all the time, but um, definitely don't live with us. Uh, not yet. And um, I think they will in the future for sure. If you want to know about part of values, um, my dad and my mom, there was a period of time in my life where I was in the hospital. I was in the ICU for three months um, in uh, Washington, DC. So it's not nearby. It was 40 minutes away. And uh, my dad had literally just so I went into the hospital a week before he was switching jobs. He had been at his company for 20 some 25 years. I think he got the, he got that gold Rolex watch and he was going to retire from that best company and go to the government and get a job. And so it was a big transition for him. And I get very ill a week before that. And I'm end up, end up in the hospital and uh, my parents, I, I I'll tell you when I was in the hospital, my greatest wish when I was in that room was, can you guys leave me alone for like an hour or two? Just give me my me time. I'm, I'm a big on me time. I need a lot of alone time. I, I'm not very social. I'm introverted. Um, if, if you're all blah, 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 blah in my face all the time, you're gonna, you're, I check out. I mean, I, I float out of my body into a different hemisphere. And so that's how much my parents were just with me. Um, my dad rented a hotel room across the street and my dad went and put a resignation notice in to the new job. So now he would be jobless, um, no job. And he's the only, he was the, he was a sole income earning member of, um, and thank God for his job that said, are you crazy? Um, this is ridiculous. So it was actually something, it was a very, very, um, strong moment of my life hearing this story. And I just got recently had an opportunity to kind of pay it forward with that. Um, so that job told my dad, you go be with your son for however long you need to be. We're here. You will get your salary. You will get paid. You will not get knocked on your time off. Family first, go take care of him. And we trust that you'll come back when you can. My dad was with me for two and a half months and he went back to that job and he, he did that job and retired out of it a couple of years ago. Um, recently, one of our team members had a situation in which someone very close to her, her significant other, basically, um, got cancer and was very ill. And, uh, I remember this story and I looked at her and said, I don't want to see you at the office until this is all sorted. So you go do you. And, she, and, and I knew that could be months. And I said, your paycheck will be there every two weeks. Um, and you'll come back whenever you're ready, but, uh, do not miss this time. This is, this, this is way more important than anything we got going on at work. Um, so 
in my life, uh, if you ask me my values, <clears throat> I don't know if this was what my values were a few years ago, but I can definitely say without a shadow of doubt, this is what my values are today. And probably my little baby girl is a big part of that and probably getting kicked in the butt a little bit the last year, year and a half is a big part of that. But God first, above and beyond all, um, I, you know, my prayer life was really bad. I just never got a chance to pray. I would, I would, I want to pray at night and then I'm tired. I've actually found a really interesting rhythm now. I pray on the way to work. It's become this ritual that I just love doing. I never miss. And it's that time. So I have about 10 minutes between my house and the, and reaching the office and I can use it to listen to music, podcasts, or, you know, whatever. I just pray. I pray. And so I, like, that's become like, I don't miss that now. So, and I get the chance that's usually early in the morning. So I'm like, start my day with God. So I feel like if we put everything that we're doing through the filters of God and the eyes of God, it kind of corrects our decisions and thought processes. All right. I don't want to get too like godly on people. People have different opinions on it. Totally cool with that. Um, family <clears throat> second, and that includes, of course, my wife, my kid, um, and my coming kid, my future kid that's coming. And of course my parents, um, and everything. Um, and that's where I would say, you know, I always go back a few years ago. I would definitely, I don't, I, I would have said God's first, but I wouldn't have like acted and lived God's first. Um, my wife would have definitely been priority. Um, but I think second to my wife would have been my business. And then below that would have been my family. And like that bothers me even to say it right now, but that's just reality self-reflecting. That's what it was. And it, like, it isn't now. Um, so, you know, if, if I get a call from my mom, used to be like she'd call during the day and if I was in a meeting and I got finish it and like maybe I'll call her back today in the evening. Now it's like, you know, the rule of told her is like, if you call me back twice in a row, like I'll like mid interview right now, if I saw the phone ring, it's to her twice. Like it's it. Like I'm going to call her back right now. But if she calls me once, like I try to prioritize that over the next meeting. The meeting can wait five, 10 minutes, family first. You know, my, my, my family includes my, my nephews and you know, um, my Andrea's family and the extended family. Um, and then, Right now, up until about a few months ago, so the way it worked, God, family, business, friends. I flipped that even more now. And so it's God, family, friends, business. Um, and the craziest thing, Cassie, is my business is accelerating. It's actually improving, getting better, the less I'm putting it in front of everything else. It's, it's like counterintuitive, but I think I'm just showing up better to my business. I'm just happier. So on the weekends, I'm taking a chance every weekend. Now the new rule that I have, we've been living it for about like six, eight weeks. Every weekend I got to do something with my friends. I got to go out and see someone that I haven't seen in a while. You know, just go visit someone, <clears throat> have them over. It's been so, 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 so fulfilling. Um, so the values that, that, that I've got right now are just, you know, it's like do good things, have a good heart, have good intentions, bad things will happen. Don't, don't sweat them. Don't obsess over them. And you know what? Take responsibility over them. Like right now I'm going through some pretty trying times and it's very easy for me to be like, Oh my God, you know, why am I being picked on? My life is so hard. And I'm just like, Hey, what have I done? What have I done in my life that led me to this? And it's like, ah, crap. I did do stuff. I didn't mean to, didn't have bad intentions, but nah, there's things I did that led me to my current situation. And so I own it. I don't have to sit here and feel bad about it. I just own it. Let's improve. Let's make difference. Let's make change. Um, but also let's not let it define me. A lot of people let adversity define who they are. I refuse to allow that. So my values are all about 
you know, taking care of those in my life. Word is my bond. I just had a big argument with, not argument, I kind of did like a point my finger lecturing to one of our vendors uh, just last night where I said, you constantly miss deadlines. Your word is not your bond. That's not good for me. I don't want contracts. I want word. My word is my bond. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I tell you I'm gonna do something by a certain time, I'm gonna do it. I expect that back in return from anyone who works with me. Um, if you can't do it, then let's part ways. So Cassie, you know, a lot of people come to BOE and come to Expert Summit and say, how do you have this amazing team? Well, it doesn't just happen overnight. I have high expectations, but I also live those expectations. So um, yeah, I just, I live in like, do what you say, do good, have good intentions, expect bad things to happen. And when they do, pivot, move around it, figure it out, lean on those people in your life to help you through it. Be open and honest about it. Don't become a victim. Own it and uh, move past it. And just keep, 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 keep paddling. Just don't stop paddling. Keep, and if you get tired and you stop paddling, tag the person next to you and say, can you paddle with me and for me for a little bit? I'm tired. Don't, there's no shame in that. I do it all the time and it's great. So that's a little bit about kind of how I approach and how I think about things. Oh, goodness. All right. So the next place that I want to go, it's, it's so funny. You don't even know the next questions that I want to ask, but you end up bridging the gap. Um, cause <laughs> I want to talk about team and I want to talk about, um, the dichotomy of being an entrepreneur and a leader, um, and sort of that alpha, right. Decision maker and realizing it's okay to get support. It's okay to ask for help that you want. You don't necessarily want to be the smartest person in the room anymore. So, I want to talk about that and like at what point you realize that and how it has changed your business by empowering your team, because I will just say you champion and empower your team better than anyone I have seen in all of my years in the industry. And it is just something to be admirable. And it's one of the things that I respect most about you. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's a recent evolution. I didn't really start understanding how to build teams, how to nurture teams. Um, I, I guess I was a good leader. Um, one could say just because like I was a good leader in the sense of I was a good general that said charge for the hills and I'd get us there. And like, I don't know, a lot of people would end up dead on the way or something like it, it just was like it wasn't of concern. Like the hill was the concern. Um, and I and I would take lots of bullets, right? I would be in the front. So I'd be in the front charging always. And so leadership was OK. I never really studied it. Maybe I was OK. Maybe I was a decent leader. 2020, when our business started to really explode, I was just oh, so tired. I was everything was on my back, like even the smallest decisions. And I realized I just wasn't empowering the team. Um, Cassie, we get to train people how to treat us. So here's the deal, right? I was talking to a student, uh, I was talking actually to uh, a BOE member recently, and they were like, I'm just so tired. Like, you know, my, my, my customers, they'll message me. And if I don't message them back within a few hours, they like ask, they'll message me again. And, and it was funny. And I just said, hey, do you usually message back right away? And they're like, well, yeah, I try to message back as soon as I can. I'm like, is that what you've done for the last two, three, four years? They're like, well, yes. I'm like, so they're not actually wrong to message you a day later if you haven't responded. They think something's wrong because that's you created a pattern and you're disrupting that pattern. The pattern I had created in my company for a lot of time was like, ask Onik. 
and and it wasn't anything wrong that was just a pattern it was like ask onic right like he solves it he does it it's his decision he's the boss and and I got to a point, Cassie, where like we grew to a point where I don't know the answers anymore. I genuinely did not know. We were in new territory for me. I don't know. And you either just accept that or like you don't. A lot of entrepreneurs don't accept it and pretend as if, and then they implode and fall apart because they made bad decisions. Some act as if, hit the lottery, make some couple of good decisions and now are now heroes and that's good for them. For me, I was just tired. And I didn't know, so I thought, God, I'm hiring all these people and I'm paying good money or on some I'm saving money, but the problem I'm having is that I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of labor. I'm getting a lot of hands, good hands. I'm not getting a lot of minds. So I'm hitting decision fatigue. I mean, I, I get to the point sometimes, not anymore, but I used to be at the point where I'd go home and the wife would be like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I don't know, it's just, just I can't make any more decisions, right? Like, like, you know, like, um, and this, this is a funny thing where we were planning our baby's one year birthday party and my wife took charge and I was like, so you got this? And she's like, yeah, I was like, superb. And then she'd come to me and be like, I'm like, uh, 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 uh. you said you got it. You got it. Like, I don't, you know, it, it, like I did one thing. I picked out her dress and I'm damn proud of it. Cause it was the cutest dress ever. Um, and that was like the only thing I did. <laughs> right. Um, but this is, I trust her. She does amazing stuff. She's really got an eye for design and she, she doesn't need my opinion. I'm going to mess things up. Like you just do this. I'll support. Like I, I did the, like the lifting, right? I did all like the building of things and all of that. Like I'm there to help, but I'm not. So at work, it's the same thing. In 2020, I decided, Hey, I'm going to start hiring brilliant minds, pay them a ton of money. And these are going to be people that are smarter than me, that have done bigger things than me, that are going to teach me. And I'm going to have to just accept the fact that I need to step back and let them do what they do. It wasn't as easy as I just said. It took me about a year. Then about the end of 2021, I came to a realization. I suck as a CEO. I suck at it. I don't like it. It's not fun. And I suck at it. I don't like implementing all these operational systems. <laughs> I don't, don't tell Rhonda I said that. It just doesn't speak to me. I live in anarchy. I perform better. I like the freedom of being able to message Cassie 12 hours before and say, do you want to do this quick test podcast episode? I don't want to have 17 processes to go through to get there. It's annoying to me. I don't want to do quarterly reviews. I don't want to help navigate the fact that Johnny's fighting with Susan and Susan and Johnny hate each other. And now we got to, you know, make them go in different departments. It just doesn't fuel my creativity. It sounds like it's sucking the life out of me. And you could probably tell from how passionate I am about how much I hate being a CEO. So I was just like, you know what? And then I'm looking at, I'm looking at some other people on my team. I'm like, that guy loves it. He's so good at it. Like he should be the CEO, right? And let me go off and do other things I love doing. Let me be the marketer. Let me be the trainer. Let me get on Zooms and hang out with really cool people and build those relationships. Let me like fly to India and do an event and like expand into the India market. Let me create new products, new this, new that. I love doing that. And so that was the end of 2021. I was like, all right, I'm going to start working on firing myself as a CEO. Almost did it. It was going to be the 2022 announcement in my birthday in June. It was going to be the announcement that I'm, I am now retiring as CEO. Um, some stuff happened that needed to, I changed my market completely, pivoted, it literally blew up my 40 million plus dollar business. I was like, I want to do a different direction. So, but I'm working on it now. Um, I came to the realization that as an entrepreneur, we should figure out exactly what that is that we're the best at and that we love doing and just do a lot of that and find other people who are really great at what they do 
to do it. Now, look, as entrepreneurs, we kind of get this at some level, right? So for example, video. I'm sure if I spent months learning, I can become a decent video editor. I'm a smart guy. I'm sure I could do it. But like, then I know people that are really, really good at video editing. So why wouldn't I just let them do their job and then I go do something else? Same thing, go to macro level, go to higher level. If, if, if you're really good at running a team and building operational processes and doing all of that, be a CEO. I'm not, so I'm gonna go off and be the chairman and just go break opportunities and create messes. That's what I love doing, I'm gonna create those. So I got really okay with that. And now I'm like looking forward to firing myself here very soon as a CEO and I can't wait for the day. Awesome, all right. Um, so I know we're going into the, the final uh, exchange here and wrapping up this episode. Um, I need to check in with you. Like I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. Like, how are you feeling about everything? Yeah, it's fun. I, I am because I didn't know what you're going to ask. And so I'm giving really raw answers. I don't have time to prepare things. Um, and I think it's, you know, giving everyone an opportunity to get to know me a little bit better from, but from perspectives of how I think about things and how I deal with challenges. And also, by the way, I think one of the things I've enjoyed in this podcast is guess what guys, I'm human and I have a lot of challenges and obstacles. Like I hit shit too. I'm not, I, I, one of the things that I'm really getting fed up of now with, and so this is my message to those who are leading communities and those who are gurus. I see through it, man. People see through it. Like you can't just have all good days. You can't just have all good months. You can't just be always crushing it. And when you position and posture that way, you're right. It works initially. People come flocking to you and you, ah, you're heroic but you're building a house of cards and that shit will collapse on you. And the first day that you have a challenge that's too big, that's very big and you need help on, that community is gonna be in shock when you come out to them asking for help because you positioned yourself as Batman. I'm just not that way. I lean on my community. My community knows my good, my bad. And I think through this episode, I'm trying to express to people that like I go through challenges all the time. Um, and I lean on my friends, colleagues, team members, and now even my board of expert members, I lean on them for support. Um, and I do it with pride and I do it with like excitement because that's the whole point. It's, you know, I built this board. It's not just for each other. They're my board too. So I get to call upon them for help when I need it as well. And so I think that was something that I, I thought was able to come out in this episode. And I hope that others really who are leading communities, like, ah, gosh, when you just keep, when you keep expressing perfection, you're right, it is gonna help you build a community faster. You will become Tom Cruise much quicker in your community. But man, when you face that really big challenge, they just won't be there for you. All right, so I'm actually gonna give you a choice between which is the last question. Uh -huh. So um, one, you, you've shared a lot and the underlying, um, theme is that you have recognized and made peace and released your ego through everything that you've done. So we can talk about that, or we can talk about, and, and maybe it goes hand in hand. What is one of the biggest mistakes that you've made, but it's also either been a springboard to one of the greatest lessons or you know, something that came back around as an opportunity that you 
received because you had a different perspective on it? Sure. Uh, both can be answered. Uh, I'll answer the latter one first. The biggest mistake I made is a very simple one, and a lot of people listening right now are making it as I speak, and so I will implore you to stop. Um, we all have these moments where we have a loud gut. It says, hey, do this. Or even more importantly, it says, don't do this. And we somehow let logic and other calculations prevail. That's my biggest mistake. I had multiple red flags in my life that I've ignored that have went because I ignored that gut. It's gone on to cost me a ton. Uh, and, and a lot of pain and I get to go back and I remember distinctly those moments where I was like, ah, oh, why didn't I, I knew it. Why didn't I, and that will, oh, that will eat at you right now. Having said that, all of my great adversities have been launching pads for me. As a matter of fact, I've learned something. I was tracking this on my career, Cassie. This was so crazy. I've had twice in my life that I've almost gone bankrupt, that the business has always fallen, almost fallen apart. I've been very public talking about one of them. The other one I've not been that public talking about. Um, and here's the crazy thing. This is what the chart looks like. I was going up, something happens, I fell. I recovered and I went up. And my peak the next time was double the peak it was before. And then I fell. And then I started going up again and my peak the next time was double the peak. So, and, the, and every time I've fallen, I've fallen less badly as I fell the first time. So it's like <laughs> trajectory is moving in the right direction. Um, so with all of my greatest adversities, I always end up unlocking huge potential because of the perception I have, because the way I perceive that adversity is that this is a correction, right? When we're in a car and we take the wrong turn, we're not freaked out because the navigation just simply reroutes us. We're still going to get to the destination. So for me, I review all of these moments in my life and these adversities and problems as simply I took a left and I was supposed to take a right, but the, but the universe, if I continue to trust in it, right? You're in the car, that navigation unit. If you took a left when you're supposed to take a right and you turn it off because you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're stupid. You're screwed. You don't know where to go. Now you're going to be left trying to figure it out. But if you trust that navigation like we do and you trust it for to reroute you, it'll still get you to your destination. And that's how I'm treating adversity. I still trust the plan, right? I still trust God. I still trust me. I still trust my team. We'll get to the destination. Um, your first question was letting go of ego. Ah, Cassie, that's just being humbled by life. I mean, honest to God, you get kicked around enough. Um, you have enough challenges, enough problems. You get, you just learn to let go of the ego. And you know what? It's so much easier. You, you get to function through the day and just be so much more peaceful and happy when you're not based off your ego. Right now, someone could say something that's offensive to me and I just go, eh, like, all right, whatever. Right? Let's move on. Because it's just not important in the grand scheme of everything I'm working on right now. I've got this big mission and your, your little pettiness over here is just not going to bother me. So you let go. I think ego, I personally feel like entrepreneurs will only let go of ego in time as they kind of life happens to them. All right. Excellent answers. Um, so at this point, I'll do a mini wrap up and totally pass the, the mic back to you to take us out on everything. I just want to thank you again, always, you know, for your candor, your transparency. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and just like really takes these lessons to heart because 
it's the conversations really, you know, there's, there's trends, there's shiny objects, but it's, it's the consistency of the conversations that you can find those little nuggets to get you through, because it's usually, there's a message in there for everyone. If there's still enough to see it and humble enough to accept it. So with that, I will pass it back to you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I would just say, um, it's been, it's been a really fun episode. So I, I don't even know what I said and I'm kind of blanked out on it. I'll have to go back and watch it again, but I'd be curious to see people's feedback. So leave a comment, give us, you know, give us some feedback. Cassie, thank you so much for being here for last minute. I literally did everyone message her probably within a 12, a 12 hour window to say, Hey, do you want to do this tomorrow? And, and she said, yeah, I'll be there. So, um, it's been a lot of fun. I want to see how the, how the community receives it. And, um, as I always say, everybody, I'm here to help and serve in any way I possibly can. So Cassie, thank you very much to all of our board of experts community for empowering and for inspiring me thank you very much to the rest of you thank you very much this is onyx and all signing off remember when life pushes you stand straight smile and push the heck back let us know how you feel about this episode and more to come your way you can check us out at onyxshow.com for all of our episodes talk to you guys later bye